This episode of Half a Star is sponsored by Generic Brands, because acetaminophen is way more fun to say than Tylenol. Today in a very special episode of Half a Star, we are joined by Yusuf and Hari. They are performance artists and they are part of Other Hearts Collective. Woohoo! And they had a really cool show just recently produced uh, on the internet and they have another show coming up. We're gonna talk a little bit about that because it involves puppets. And we're gonna talk about some half star puppets that we've come across throughout our lives, but predominantly in our childhood, I would say. All that and more on today's very special episode of Half a Star, where bad ideas make great stories. He's Ben. He's Justin. Take it away, Rob. I don't listen because it's a podcast, but if you feel that you must, here they are then, Ben and Justin, together they are half of a star. That was Rob McDonald with his opening jingle jangle for half a star. We ever get a name for that song, Ben? Working on it. We're thinking of a name. We'll think of a clever name. Now this episode, uh, I'm really excited because we have uh, two people. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I love when we have two people. <laughs> That's great. Uh, there's, more, uh, there's more to it than that. Although the month of July, Ben and I are dedicating the podcast to uh, two pairs of guests. We've, uh, we've had pairs in the past, pairs in the past, say that 10 times fast. We've had pairs in the past, but uh, we wanted this month to, to highlight pairs of friends, pairs of partners, pairs of what have you. What brings two folks together at one time? And for this time, it's making art. I'm really looking forward to this episode, Ben, because we get to sit down with the Other Hearts Collective. Yeah, and both Yusuf and Hari have this really interesting art aesthetic that I'm really looking forward to unpacking with them when we interview them. Uh, they recently just put on a, a show called Looking Glass, uh, and that's a new puppet-centric performance piece based on isolation and new methods of interaction. And this is what uh, made me think they'd be really good guests on our show. And uh, the members of this group, two of the members, Yusuf Kadura and Hari Thomas, uh, they built puppets from miscellaneous art objects and everyday materials found around their apartments. And these puppets reflect the material aspects of the lives they lead, and they will be brought into existence and interact with each other digitally. Holy cow, we need more of that. More of that. In yeah, the absolutely. Like, yeah, it's, it's always very gratifying to have people on the podcast who are just way cooler than you. Way more cultured and interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we get to that fun interview, though, we have a friend of ours who was on the show in the past. You remember professional wrestler Bradford Montague. Well, we, we had so much fun with him on the show, didn't we, Ben? We did. And we want to help this guy out. He went into a lot of detail on his, on his episode with us about his Wendy's diet. The, the carnivore diet of eating nothing but meat. So on our program, we're introducing a new segment called Fresh Never Frozen. And this is a segment where we invite Brad to be our weatherman. Brad is a professional wrestler. He is not a weatherman. So wherever he is on Prince Edward Island, walking the streets, uh, he's going to give us a, a weekly weather report. 
And the segment is called Fresh Never Frozen. And we're going to keep airing this segment until he gets sponsored by Wendy's. That is our pledge to you. That's a half a star idea if I ever heard one. Fresh Never Frozen. Bradford Montague is back on the Half a Star podcast. Justin and Benton messaged me. They said, Bradford, we want you to be our weatherman. So I'm here in the Burger King parking lot. And it looks pretty cloudy today. The flag's going at the RCMP, so I guess it might be windy, maybe. Uh, there's guys mowing the grass by the superstore. I don't know what the temperature's like, because I'm roasting in the truck. I left the windows up all night. Friggin' dying in here. Don't know what it's like outside. I guess you can go to the beach. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. That's all for weather. Fresh, never frozen. Thank you very much, Brad. That was fresh, never frozen. Hey, Ben, we got a list this week, don't we? I love lists. Don't you love lists? I love them. Because Yusuf and Hari's show Looking Glass prominently features puppets, we thought we would, uh, we would honor that work by discussing puppets that weren't as successful as the Looking Glass puppets were. So and we've got a list of, uh, of five plus some, uh, some honorable mentions to talk about. And to be clear, Looking Glass's puppets, it's more object theater. These aren't, your, these aren't your Jim Henson kind of puppet muppets that we're talking about here. So on this list, we're going into the half star ones. Exactly. Number five on the half star puppet list is Pinocchio. If you think about puppets, you usually think about Pinocchio, but I gotta say, the kid's a whiner. He can't even lie right. And it, what's interesting is he's not even the story of Pinocchio. It's not even that bad. It's just there's been more bad adaptations than good ones. There was that weird Jonathan Taylor Thomas one from the 90s. That, there was that other one from 2002 where a grown man played him. Yeah, which, Roberto Benigni from Life is Beautiful. Uh, you, you know, he, I, I believed him when he said life is beautiful, but then I saw that movie and then I thought, you know, I have second thoughts. I just want to give a shout out to the Jonathan Taylor Thomas version of Pinocchio because it had one of those holographic VHS cases Ooh, where yes. if, if you like tilted it one way or the other, he was either a real boy or a puppet. It was great. I remember seeing that for sale at a lot of those uh, gas station movie stores. Absolutely. Number four on the list is someone that I found particularly traumatizing in my childhood. Uh, and it comes from something that you might not expect to be that traumatizing, but it is Lady Elaine Fairchild from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Thrown it way back. I'll even, I'll even throw in all of the puppets on that show. I, I find terrifying. They all have that same kind of tone to their voice because most of them are voiced by Mr. Rogers. Like, Correct. God bless that beloved entertainer, but what the hell is going on in the land of make-believe? Well, it's, it's really funny because, like, I remember feeling so comforted and safe watching that show, but I look back on it as an adult now, and I'm like, oh, good lord, what's going on there? <laughs> what do you think, Daniel Striped Tiger? Meow, 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 meow. That's not what animals say. Get the hell out of here, Daniel Striped Tiger, you, you piece of shit. Now, Justin, I know you have a lot to talk about for our next entry on the list, number three. 
Yeah. Now I grew up uh, with two channels growing up. I had the CBC and CTV and early mornings on CBC, they used to have reruns of The Friendly Giant. And this was a lovely show at the time. However, it's, sort of a, it's sort of a Canadian Mr. Rogers in a way. The Friendly Giant, who's just a normal sized dude, just like average height, lives in his castle and his best friend is a goddamn rubber chicken named Rusty. And he lives in a burlap sack. Oh, but wait, is that his only companion? No, there's a giraffe who just sticks his head through the window and checks in on him periodically. Rusty, the rubber chicken, just lived in this little bag and his head would poke out and just kind of wiggle around a little. That's when you know that they blew all their budget on the the guy who played the giant and they didn't have any money left for any puppets. Skip ahead 40 years and you see Sesame Park and you're just like, ah, that's too much puppet. (laughs) Put them away, put them away. Now, number two is another hot button issue for you, Justin. I know you have, uh, you've, you've, you've waxed poetic about this before. I have. This was a, an argument I made on the program Battlecom, the comedy debate show. Uh, which, uh, which Muppet did I think from Sesame Street would most likely be a serial killer? And I think it is one of the worst puppets. Uh, that is Guy Smiley, who is considered... Mm. He's considered to be America's favorite talk show host. Now, riddle me this. If he's so good, is Guy Smiley the first Muppet you think of when you think of Sesame Street? Is no. he the seventh Muppet you think of when you think of Sesame Street? No. If you Google Sesame Street and click on the cast of characters that comes up, he's not in the top 10. He's not in the top 15. He is number 18 with a bullet. And I do mean with a bullet because it's amazing. He hasn't gone postal on the other puppets on the street. He was beaten out by Bert twice on the (laughs) list. He was listed once by himself and then once again with Ernie. He was beaten out by two human being characters, Mr. Hooper and another person. Probably Gordon. Uh, Maybe. Anyway, Guy Smiley, I think uh, if he was given a little bit more respect, maybe, but he's down. He's number two on the half-star puppet list. The, uh, the crown champion has yet to be identified, but, but before we get to the number one half-a-star puppet, we do want to acknowledge at least one honorable mention. One honorable mention is... Donald Trump is a puppet for the Russian government. There, I said it. Whoa! Air horns, air horns, air horns. Our number one half star puppet. Give is, us a drum roll. Is <laughs> Nanaland. Nanaland. Featuring. Nanaland. Nanaland. Featuring her little Nanaland. dog named Russer? Russell. Russell? 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 She didn't enunciate well. Russian? I, I don't know what language this, uh, this doofy little baby spoke, but. Uh, it didn't help. It did like I see kids watching this, and even some kids turn away. They're like, "This isn't educational. If anything, this is detrimental to my education." So that was Nanalen. Check that's some more quality uh, Canadian programming for you. A classic CBC original. All right. So before we get to our guests, we got to talk about the buzz, the buzz, the buzz, the buzz, the buzz. 
because of the wonderful things it does. It's a monthly periodical that's available in PEI. It goes into the news and the arts and other stuff. It's the buzz, it's the buzz. Submit your news to the buzz and they'll share the news all across the land. That's the buzz song, thank you. We had a full promo written out for this and then that just happened and we're gonna go with it. Why say it when you can sing it? Thank you, The Buzz. We love you. They're the monthly news. Hit the segue music. Let's take it to Other Hearts Collective. Let's get to our guests, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Please be joined by Hari and Yusuf. Yusuf Kadura is a disabled Lebanese-Canadian actor, writer, and producer, as well as a graduate of the acting program at the National Theatre School of Canada in 2017. He was the producer and host of Walking the Space, a podcast series exploring disability in the arts, and was previously the 2018 curator-in-residence at Tangled Art and Disability. As an artist, Yusuf seeks to draw from a plurality of experiences and disciplines to expand the boundaries of performance in pursuit of accessibility, presence, and shared experience. Hari Thomas is a director, dramaturg, and performance maker based between rural and urban Ontario. Founding artistic director of Toronto's Desiderata Theatre Company, their previous works as a director have included adaptations of classical texts, as well as world play premieres and live art creations. Their work emphasizes the body as the site of both trauma and forgiveness in relationship to love, the earth, and the spirit and society. They are a recent graduate of the National Theatre School of Canada's directing program. Hari and Yusuf, welcome. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. I gotta ask, (laughs) I noticed in the spelling it's he, uh, uh, capital A arts. Can you speak to mm-hmm. that? Being What's... funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the end of the show. <laughs> that's it. Game on. It was, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was sort of a variation because we initially, we were trying to come up with names for the collective. Um, and we had an old one that was like crossed hearts done in a similar way. Mm-hmm. It was basically this or uh, the one I really was pushing that you kelp one? wouldn't let me go with. Yeah, I, I, it was either other hearts or kelp and exile. And we went with other like hearts. It was like a name, like a specific sort of sea kelp that like connected to yeah. the theme of the company. <laughs> yeah, it was it was from an essay. It was it was from a it was from an essay. I just love that. I just I just love the idea of a company called Kelp and Exile. But we, <laughs> Yusuf, rightfully pointed out that no one would have any idea what we did, and so instead we decided to go for a slightly more accessible name that at least has like that we make art somewhere in its title. <laughs> Can you please tell us a little bit about the work you two do together? How did this company come together? I mean, we we came together because of my play one night. Um, which I asked Hari to come on and direct, like in my la- in our last year of theater school. I asked Hari to come on and direct it, and um, as we were working on that, and eventually ended up in Toronto, we just we came across more people whose like um, aesthetic and work kind of fit ours. Hari knew a few people already. I was starting to meet some folk. And uh, we just wanted to make weird performance arty theater and mm-hmm. like sort of bring yeah. in like those different aesthetics while like also having like 
a bunch of like-minded folks. So we were like, well, we're going to have to do what everybody else does and make a company. So nice. yeah. it's part of the reason for the name other hearts actually is that it's, and there, there's a very particular reason that we don't have the phrase theater anywhere in the title or even mm. performance in the title of the company is that we wanted to really explore this idea of like a visual arts collective devoted to performance, but made up of theater artists, but huh. everyone in the group is interdisciplinary in some way. So Yusuf, uh, has a background obviously as an actor, but then also has done a lot of work in advocacy as a writer, as a visual artist. Um, this the, the theme of puppetry and object building has shown up in a couple of different projects, a number of projects now, including the ultimate iteration of the most recent iteration of Yusuf's show, One Night. Um, other members have backgrounds again uh, as writers, performers, dancers, um, designers, burlesque performers. Myself, background as a director, dramaturg. Uh, performance artist, uh, I have a visual art practice, so everyone's sort of a real mixed bag. Cool. Um, and the idea of being able to bring this like, very cosmopolitan, like, mixed-use art practice into play was kind of the, was really the catalyst for the thing, and Yusuf's show was the catalyst for the catalyst, because we wanted to show is, um, I don't know if we're going to get into more details about our experience making that show. Yeah. But essentially, because of you the show, it's uh, it's quite non-literal. It's very poetic, and so that it can create a bunch of impulses to explore actions and a dramaturgy that's more about like poetic dramaturgy rather than like a play. Cool. Um, and drawing from like performance art aesthetics and practices, uh, and like uses of space and stuff like that. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's why it's even called other. Uh, that's actually why it's called other hearts. And then yeah, hearts as opposed to and then the the hearts part of it comes out of real interest in, I mean, A, most of the people in our collective are in some way uh, marginalized. Um, I don't think we have, I don't actually think there is a, in our group of five, there's not a single straight man, uh, although there's just about everything else. Cool. <laughs> we, have, uh, we are very, like, we're really, we're a really mixed bag. Um, and nice. so this idea of like, kind of, uh, and drawing from like, from a heart place as opposed to like, uh, an explicit, like singular political ethos, instead thinking of like, cosmopolitan and outsiderness as like a catalyst for art making cool oh wow i hope people after they hear this i hope at the very least they go and check out your instagram or at least check out the uh the uh the looking glass project because looking at it it is it's really fucking cool <laughs> yeah it is uh it's definitely not your uh your grandmother's puppet show that's this, for sure this image that sticks no. out is this puppet that is on the computer are they smoking a hookah is that what He's it smoking is a joint a i just remember smoke and i'm like how and so i guess my question is um <laughs> as a uh uh, I guess a discipline. Would you call puppetry a discipline? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a discipline. What drew yeah. you both? Uh, what What made you say uh, puppets needs to be the way to do this? Um, well, like, so I've I just wanted to play around with puppets. That was kind Who of how things started. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer. That's puppets are dope. But what, what uh, listeners? Uh, to be clear. Um, if you're expecting like Jim Henson, like cute Fozzie Bear, like dancing around kind of puppets, 
prepare to either be really disappointed or to have your <laughs> world like cracked open. Yeah, we were, uh, we were talking before we started recording about the similarities that I found between Looking Glass and the old CBC show Nanalan. Although, as we all kind of agreed, Nanalan is actually much more terrifying. I do. Um, perhaps, yeah, that's like my fuel. <laughs> perhaps in some uh, uh, big universal plan, perhaps Nanalan uh, g- grew up and then became one of these. But maybe they live in the same universe. I don't want to impose any. Oh, poor Nanalan. That was a sad, <laughs> sad childhood. Gosh. All right. So we, uh, we're, we're super stoked to have you both on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for sharing some uh, some insight about the uh, the work you both do. Now we gotta get down to business. I gotta know. Ben's gotta know. Our listeners from all across Canada, the couple we have in the U.S. and that random person in Germany. Yeah, we have one German listener. Yeah, we're international. What up? Yeah, we gotta know what is the half a star story. The floor is yours. So it's uh, it, it, it's related to uh, the the process of uh, that show uh, one night. Okay. Um, you you remember you remember that mantra in theater school of fail 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 succeed and fail. I've been following it since I graduated, Yusuf. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'd been working in Toronto at um, this place, Tangled Art Plus Disability which is like Canada's only entirely disability-led and run art gallery. Um, and they gave me um, the ability to use the gallery space to do whatever I wanted. I could do a workshop, I could, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, this is perfect, uh, an opportunity to develop uh, one night. And Hari and I uh, had been talking and what we wanted to mess around with was making really tiny puppets. Okay. Um, and like some objects that get brought up in the play a lot are cigarettes and tomatoes. Yeah. So we went out and we bought a ton of cigarettes and tomatoes. <laughs> and uh, we went out to uh, Hari's farm and started workshopping this thing. And it was like a week of me on a little table playing with like a little cigarette that I drew a face on that was the main character, Abdul Hakim. All these tomatoes and rocks and things were the props. I was speaking the text while a camera would be filming everything on the table and then project it behind me. This was our experiment of what we wanted to do, what we wanted to, to bring to the audience. We wanted to incorporate puppets and, and weirdo storytelling and we did this without any sort of testing or considering how an audience is going to react or watch this. Uh, Who needs them? Right? Number of yes. tomatoes is important to factor in here. There were yes. a lot. And the object theater only represented about the first third of the piece. Because over the course of this workshop, we had also taken Yusuf's solo show and turned it into a two-hander that my uh, my partner uh, Steph, who actually is a member of Other Hearts, ended up performing in as well. She's our she's one of our she's one of our core collective members, and she ended up voicing uh, Shahrazad in the for the purposes of this workshop. Just cool. for context, as the nightmare fuel continues. Go ahead, <laughs> so we get to uh, the art gallery, and we invited a bunch of people. There were um, there were some playwrights, um, some some local playwrights I really loved who were coming by. 
and we set up and we set up this camera for archival footage and we start doing the piece. And as we're doing the piece, I'm just kind of there looking at these little figures going like, I can't see the audience. Can the audience really see what's happening? I feel like I'm just talking at this table and this is going on for like a good half an hour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, Hari is behind the camera and, and apparently there was something going on with the footage that we were trying to get where it would cut yeah. out what? Every 15 it was, minutes? We were using a camera because we're brilliant. We were using a camera that would only record 15 minutes of video footage at a time. I don't know what the bright idea was here. We did, and we got most of the show. And so, if I, if I may, Yusuf. So Yusuf has spent a whole bunch of time, lights in their face, playing with objects about the size of your pinky into a tiny little laptop camera, which is not the archival one. The archival one is me at the back. Yeah. And then partway through the show, things start to implode. And so there's a part of the show where Yusuf, like, clears the table and kind of gets access to the audience and kills the laptop and yada yada and you know and all this great stuff and the introduction of the second character and then the tomatoes get more involved at one point i take the tomatoes and i start whipping them against the wall that's about five six tomatoes out of let's say i had about a dozen for this iteration of it whip six tomatoes against the wall makes great sound it's all good and it keeps going on until we reach like the climax of the piece. And not to give away spoilers, because I still think it's a decent show, but I, um, I took not giving the show out. <laughs> yes, it's the process. <laughs> I lift up this vine of like seven tomatoes and I just start tearing into them. Like I, I'm supposed to eat these seven tomatoes as fast and as like furiously as I kind of can while Steph Shaharazad like white wraps me in a shroud and the play ends. So I'm there like tearing in these tomatoes and I got a little bit too overzealous uh, and uh, uh. took a bit too much. <laughs> um, and like, I feel this gag come up inside of me. No. And so I held luckily until the, until the robe got wrapped around me and I kind of very quietly threw it back up into my hands. <laughs> and then the best part was you then, was then we found out after, if I may use it. Oh, Everyone starts happened. to clap. Everyone starts yeah. to clap. And then Hari says, hold up, hold up, hold up. The, we uh, lost the last three minutes of that because <laughs> the camera had stopped. No. So we and had so, to get the archival. we need our archival. So and we so look we around and there aren't any up. other tomatoes. And then like, you know, I want to do it. I want to get it right. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it. Turn, turn it on again. We'll do it. We'll do it. As I look down at the pile of regurgitated tomato in my hand. And, and Steph starts to wrap me no. the second time. <laughs> and I'm there. And... You know, it's one of those things where I went no, and I took don't. a bite. <laughs> and immediately, a second time. <laughs> oh. But I had to stay in it because it was our one chance to get this shot. So from that point on, I very slowly 
just nibbles while I waited for Steph to wrap me in this cloth, which I'm pretty sure was like the longest minute and a half of my life. This is the longest minute and a half of my life. <laughs> Hearing about another man eat his tomato vomits. You mama birded yourself. You are not a penguin, Yusuf. <laughs> wow. You're kidding me. In the name no. of art, baby. Yeah, it's all for art. When was the next time? Oh, and then there was also the very fun next day. Yes, so oh, next day I show up to the gallery for work and they hand me a rag and direct me to a ladder to clean the tomato off the ceiling from the tomatoes I had whipped at the wall. Ugh. And, and, and I should clarify, this gallery is in 401 Richmond. Oh, yeah. Which is like, it, for, for, for listeners who don't know, it's like this gorgeous old industrial building taken over by like art galleries and theater companies and like it's a heritage site. So I was just there in my shame wiping this like dried seedy tomato juice off beautiful uh, like off the floor and the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, and revisiting when was the next time you ate a tomato after that? Because I think we killed tomatoes for you for a while after oh, that. One. God. Um, Ruined Honestly, ketchup. I think it was the next workshop. <laughs> yeah, I think we managed to cure you of tomatoes until the next was, time we visited the show. That is a fantastic, terrible story. <laughs> it's a great story, but it's, oh my God. So yeah. was that, that wasn't the end of the, the process or the, uh, the journey no, for no. one night. Okay. No, we, we've no, since we transitioned to much larger puppets okay. for the bits that they're used. And, um, you know. Less tomato eating. Yeah. <laughs> Ben and I like to offer our guests to uh, plug anything they might be working on. We got about five minutes left of the Zoom room. We recognize uh, that the world's kind of weird right now, but uh, in, in case there's anything you want to talk about, now's the time. Well, actually, we do have uh, we do have a thing. Well, the first thing I'll do, just to make sure, like, just in the spirit of honoring our collaborators, I'd like to holler at the rest of the other Hearts team, which is right. Stephanie Mercedes, Sebastian Marziali, and uh, Vic Venetian. Cool. Um, they've all at different points been involved in the work of One Night. Uh, in they, uh, Steph did all the great editing, Looking Glass, and everyone contributed to the other, sh our most uh, upcoming project, which is actually going to be part of Toronto's uh, digital fringe collect, digital fringe platform. Oh, excellent! Be launching nice. in two weeks. Um, we're part of Act Four. There's a bunch of fantastic programming though, um, uh, and so our newest show is called uh, A Thousand Things in a Virus Dream. Um, cool. And it's like a uh, it's a durational video work. So we designed the thing. Uh, we took submissions from within the collective, and actually some amazing uh, collaborators from outside the collective as well, following a very simple score um, to create uh, what is ultimately a, a sort of fever dream uh, of shifting consciousness, focused on the made up of surrealist text that is sort of reworked versions of old diaries of plagues past. Um, so the whole oh, and the whole thing cool. plays on a loop, and so it's a sort of it's a dreamscape, it's a shifting dreamscape of virus and pandemic, past and present. Wow, when uh, when is this being shared? Uh, this is uh, the part board, of Act, oh, Act Four yeah. of the Digital oh, Fringe, okay. Okay. which is the tenth to twelfth um, of July, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and when you watch it, it goes on a loop. Watch it as many times or as, uh, as little as you want. It's a first iteration, like we do with all of our projects. This is uh, this is version one 
of what will likely, and then there'll be further versions and development on the piece in the coming years. But this Lovely. is the first first version of Thousand Things in a Virus Stream, part of Digital Fringe, July 10th to 12th, Act 4. One last question here, gang. If one of your shows, say Looking Glass, if it ever got adapted to like a Hollywood film of some kind, uh, would you cast Jonathan Taylor Thomas as one of your puppets? And follow-up question, if it was to be released on VHS, would you give it a holographic cover? Holographic cover. Thank you, Ben. We are willing to negotiate on the holographic cover. For me, it's not make or break, but they hung up. Oh. They've... They're, they're probably just going to talk it over and get back to us. You know, they make puppets out of trash sometimes. I wonder if they could make a puppet out of this podcast. Hey! hey. We had fun. That was another episode of Half a Star, folks. We'd like to thank our guests for coming on and sharing their time with us. We'd also like to thank you for tuning in. He's Justin. He's Ben. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Don't go to the park. Black Lives Matter. Keep watching the skies. Daryl!